Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Tom Fertile, Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Uh, thanks for having us. Awesome, awesome. As we continue this scriptural verse journey, would everyone take out their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. And before we break open the bread of life, Tom, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to see what the Lord wants to teach us today? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we, we say thank you as we continue to, to celebrate the gift of your Son, Jesus, as we continue to unpack the mysteries you put before us, the gift of Jesus in our lives. Lord, help us to be faithful, to open the gift, to treasure the gift, to share the gift, to be faithful disciples, taking the gift of Jesus to all whom we encounter in our daily actions, in our thoughts, in our words, that we may be lights for you that we may be disciples, faithful to our Lord and Savior. We ask for your grace and your guidance in all that we do. Amen. Father, Father and Son, and Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. And Rob, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Uh, I would love to. Again, our gospel is from Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 52. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to, to you, you Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. As you were sharing, Rob, I circled the word parents. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover you know, the role of parents is so critically important. We need to teach the faith to our children through our actions every day. So, man, the more we reflect the truth and beauty of Christ every day, and we walk that out in our actions every day, our journey every day, our children are taught. 
not by what we say, but what, what we do. So, man, that that realization of the important role of parents in the lives of children, in the lives of Jesus, in the life of Jesus, is so very, very important. So, for me, just a reminder. And so, I always ask the Lord, Lord, perfect in me, which is of Your Son, and purge from me. That is what that's what not of your son. So for me, it's a matter of this perfecting and this purgation. It's a daily journey so that I can be more perfectly formed into the image and likeness of Christ, so that I'm an, always an invitation to that eternal banquet, to that relationship with the Lord, and not an obstacle, not a stumbling block. And it's okay. We're works in progress. But if you fall down and you get one of these tough learning lessons, which seems to happen to me often— it's okay. Let the Father pick you back up, dust you off, keep on walking, keep on walking. And when we're apart from Jesus, what happens? What what does uh, great anxiety? Say? Great anxiety. Yeah. You know, again, for me in my own spiritual life, when I'm finding myself shorter with my children or my spouse, when I find myself more critical of what's going on around me, I sure enough can trace it back to, oh, that's my flag. It's time for confession. I'm drifting away. I'm more easily tempted, I'm more easily curt, I more easily get thoughts in my head that, I'm, that I find myself wanting to continue on rather than fighting what's going on. When I find myself you know, at, at wit's end, when I find myself exa- anxious, when I find myself, um, you know, whatever it, wherever it is, where I'm not stable, when I'm not at peace especially, I know it's time for confession. Without Jesus, we're going to have great anxiety. We're going to be easy, easier pickings for the enemy. So it, it's it's just a, it's kind of an emotional and, and 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 almost a physical cue to me. It's time to get back into confessional to get back to that relationship so that's restored. Or I'm walking once again side by side with the Son. I circled the word obedient. Jesus, <laughs> Son of God, God Himself, uh, was obedient to His earthly parents, right? So Mary and Joseph, he went and was obedient to them. So this is the last we hear of Jesus until his public ministry, right? So he leaves, and the last thing we hear is that he left and was obedient. And what is the result of obedience? What's the fruit of obedience? He advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. So in our lives, God is is calling us to be obedient. And, and for my life, there's times when, I, when I'm not obedient, there, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work out too well. Uh, so here, Jesus could have been. Do you know who I am? <laughs> you got to listen to me, right? But obedience is uh, is music to God's ears. So if we want to advance in, in favor before God, maybe we do that examination of conscience, Tom, before we go to uh, to confession as it relates to obedience. Like, where have I fallen into a spirit of disobedience in, in all aspects of life and all relationships? And what ties in directly with this is earlier in the paragraph where I'm in good company with Mary and Joseph who thought Jesus was with them on the journey. Well, do you know how many times I've left in my own caravan and zoomed out the door forgetting Jesus? He's back there waiting to say, yo, am I allowed to come along? And me, I'm out zooming. The next thing you know, all these anxieties happen. All these troubles happen. I'm getting hit by the enemy. And all of a sudden, I go like, well, well, where's Jesus in this? Well, he's waiting back in your bedroom. You want to invite him along? <laughs> so for me, this really hits home for me because, again, they're filled with anxiety. They can't find Jesus. Well, they, they never made sure he was along on the journey to begin with. Well, that's me. So for me, it's so important, and for each of us, to make sure we fill up with the Lord, make sure we invite him along every day for the journey. 
Because, boy, when you're out there on that journey and you realize, whoops, I forgot to invite the Lord along, wow, then we get filled with that anxiety and the and the troubles and worries of the world. And then we go looking for Jesus. But here's the other thing that Scripture tells us. Where's Jesus at? He's in every Catholic church, in every tabernacle, waiting for us. We can always go there. He's waiting. It says right here, I must be in my Father's house. Every Catholic church all over the world is the Father's house. It's his home. And guess who's there? Jesus in the tabernacle, body, blood, soul, and divinity. So you know what? When you're lost, when you're confused, when you're anxious, stop. Go and find Christ where he always is, in that tabernacle, in every Catholic church, everywhere in the world, and just sit and listen to this. What does Jesus do? He listens and he teaches. So for me, share your heart to him and then listen to what Jesus wants to teach you. Man, I'm telling you, the gift we have in the Catholic Church, in the Catholic faith, in the Eucharist, understanding that Christ is not going to leave us orphans. He's never going to leave us alone. But he's where is he? He says, I must be in my Father's house. Not just then and there, but always there for each of us. It's like our safe haven where we can go, be comforted by the Lord, be taught by the Lord. He's there to listen to us. So, man, this is a powerful, powerful scripture verse that has so much wealth of wisdom in it. And like you said, David, they, of course, find Jesus. They find God, you know, within the church. And I think about, especially in this day and age, everyone's looking for God. They are. Now, not everyone admits that, but everybody is seeking something or someone to serve. And so that question, you know, why are we looking for me? Didn't you know I'd be in my father's house? I think God could ask the world, where are you looking for me? What is your God? Or who is your God? Because I think, you know, everybody has a God. And if it's not God the Father, you know, then what is it? Greed, money, sexuality, pride, knowledge, you know, the human mind's the greatest power, substance. Everybody puts something at the head of their life, at the pinnacle of their life, as their reason for existence. And I think I would say, going back to our scripture, that much of the angst of the world is because many have replaced God with whatever is the latest and greatest. And actually, some of them are old time, uh, uh, you know, vices and, and cravings. But what have we? What have we done? What have we replaced God with? in our homes, in our schools, in our movies, in our society. We have replaced God with lots of different things. And to the degree that we replace God with things that fall short, there will be no peace, there will be no comfort, there will be no rest, there will be suffering, there will be misery, and that will continue until hearts come back to God. One thing about God, he's the master um, retester. He'll, (laughs) He'll let us retest again and again until we get it right. And so our role in a world that is so broken, in a world that so many people have replaced God with something else, is not to preach the fire and brimstone or to judge, but to be that example, to be the witnesses, to go out there with the hearts of love, the hearts of a disciple, and show people, invite them to the family, let them know that they are loved and that the peace that they seek, the comfort that they seek, everything that they seek comes only through an intimate relationship <laughs> with the Father through a personal relationship with the Son. That's our job. 
And we have to be intentional about it. I mean, we can't just can't just go through life and expect that it's just going to happen. You know, especially silence. You know that. And, and as men, I know we have men and women listening, but specifically for men, you know, if you look at Saint Joseph as a as a model, right? He he entered into silence, right? He was silent before God. He was more interested in being known by God than recognized by men. Like, you know, so are we are we that way, do, or do we think we have to, you know, figure out the plan and execute the plan, or do we go into battle in silence on behalf of the people that we love? Like, do we stand? Do we take the time to intentionally enter into that quiet time with our Lord? So it's it's a challenge. I mean, it is. I mean, there's things. Just the other day, my my one son, we did a calculation. If you're, you know, if you play video games two hours a day for average two hours a day for a year, you know, what does that come out to of your of your life that year? Thirty days. One month of your life. And you think two hours, was, you know, so many people do so much more than two hours a day. I was like, well, but just two hours, that's one month. I said, well, tell me one other thing that you do for one month of your life. Like, do you read two hours a day outside of like schoolwork? No. Do you, you know, play a musical instrument? And all my kids do that. I said, and, and, and he said, even sports, like you guys all like sports. Do you guys practice outside of practice? Do you do your own practice for your foul shots? Two hours a day, your three point shots. Like, what, like, what do you do that's that much? So not that video games are, are evil, but it's like that time, that gift of time that we'll never get back. Imagine if we prayed two hours a day. Imagine if we tithed 10% of our time and spent that 10% in front of the Blessed Sacrament as, as fathers and David and your grandfather, as grandfather, right? Man, that would be so powerful that we, you know, just standing and holding with our Lord for, uh, for the people that we love. Um, so as I was challenging my sons on their time, although I don't play video games, I'm not praying as much as I know I should be. I'm not taking that time because where I live, there's adoration chapels. I probably have five within 15 minutes. I mean, so there's no excuse logistically. In some parts of our country, there's, you know, a little bit of logistical challenges. But where I live, within 15 minutes, I can go to five different adoration chapels. So there's no excuse logistically. It's just, do I believe enough that that time in there is going gonna, is gonna to benefit the people that I love? You know, so it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's a big challenge. You know, I love the last sentence. And Jesus, who is God, advanced in wisdom and age, and favor before God and man. You see, this sentence is for you and I. The more time we invest in our Lord, in consuming his word, in time of adoration, in going to mass to receive him both in word and in the Eucharist, in flesh, body, blood, and soul, and divinity, the more we will advance in wisdom and age and favor before God and man the more we become these sages of wisdom that is God's wisdom. So for me, man, the adage, you are what you eat, hmm. you know, do we spend our time frivolously or do we invest it, invest it in the kingdom of God? It's a challenge, but you know what? Start today. Eternal returns, it, right? It start today and look at it through God's economy of scale. Hmm. How can I take that two hours a day? Let's cut it in half. One hour video game? One hour of prayer time. 
Give me a half hour of that of mass, half hour of that praying mm-hmm. for those in need. So don't don't go cold turkey. Mm-hmm. Let's cut it in half. Now, once you do that, ask the Holy Spirit, can I give more? And then see what he says. And it's the wisdom that we apply to every other area of life. No one says, go out tomorrow and, and run a marathon every day. Go out, get out the door for 15 minutes. Put your sneakers next to your bed, force <laughs> yourself up, put your sneakers on, and go take a brisk walk. And as you progress, you'll advance uh, you know, in your health. Um, don't cut out all the, all the bad food all at once, okay? Sk- skip a th- couple things. Or don't try to save all your money right now. Throw a dollar a week away in a, in a, in a savings. All, we know this conventional wisdom for all areas of life. But then when it comes to our spiritual life, oh, you know, it's either, either I'm, I'm Mother Angelica, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm St. Teresa of Calcutta, or I'm nobody. No, start, you mm-hmm. know, take a couple minutes. There's nobody who's listening to our voice or sitting in this room who can say, no, I don't, I don't have five minutes for prayer. Not a single person who walks the earth, all right? Um, but what do we put in its place? Whether it's games, whether it's just laziness, sloth, we find something to fill the gap. We always will. It's a conscious choice. If I want that relationship, it takes investment and stewarding of my time and my talent. And Tommy used the word start. All right, I think a great examination of consciousness is just the start, stop, continue. So in my life, what do I need to start doing? What do I need to stop doing? And what do I need to continue doing? And I think of a pool. So you ever see a pool sometimes where they don't fully drain them, but the cover's not so good and you know, gunk seeps in, so it's pretty nasty. But they, what do they do? They fill the rest of the pool with clean water, right? And then the clean water comes and the sludge gets out. So to your point, Dave, instead of trying to go cold turkey or to right. encourage our, you know, people that, you know, that we love to go cold turkey, just add, start. Like, what can you start? And if we start enough good things, then we're going to be so drawn to that which is good that the other stuff is going to, like that sludge in the pool that, you know, the muck. We need some spiritual yeah. chlorine. Is that what you're yeah, saying, Rob? Yeah, <laughs> just, just add, add the good, you know, add the good instead of focusing on the stop. What do you yeah. need to start? What do you need to continue? And work on that. And I love the word here that the parents and the people that, that were hearing him when he went and the teachers, when they heard him and they heard his answers, they were astounded. You know, I encourage each and every one of our listeners, as you go through these difficult things in your life, last yesterday, boy, I got, I got hit so hard, you know, and it just was a real emotional, heart-piercing attack and got up at 4.30 this morning and I was an emotional attack. I'm like, wow, I am under spiritual attack. This is horrific. You know, and I had that quiet time in my bathroom. I said, Holy Spirit, help me, help me. Show me what I'm to see. Help me to see what I'm to learn and, and, to, and, and to understand. And boom, it's like he peeked back the curtain and I breathed in this fresh air of life that helped bring peace to me. But I'll tell you what, until that happened, until I invoked the Holy Spirit, invited the Holy Spirit in to reveal to me what I'm supposed to learn through this, man, I was in a real, real spiritual mess, uh, emotional mess. And so for me, I want to be astounded at, at the answers that the Lord gives me. And I want to always seek his counsel, his wisdom, his guidance, his teaching. Why? So I can continue to grow and be strengthened for the works that he's prepared for me in advance to do, the works to be there to help others, to help others. 
you know, David, as you were saying that, what I wrote down was, you know, how much time do we or I spend uh, standing up with my mouth open instead of down on my knees with my mouth closed, you know? <laughs> wow. And I, I, yeah. I think that's kind of how I operate a lot. I'm standing up with my mouth open. Oh, I have answers. I've got opinions. I've got ideas. And I, I, I'm busy. And it, quiet. Get down. Be quiet and listen. And it's 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 um I, I guess you could say it, it might even be more and more difficult today because there are more distractions, there are more things going on. The life of the pace of life is different than it was years ago. It's not an excuse though, you know. It still takes that conscious decision. Um, so I think that's uh, and again I, was gonna, I almost said uh, that 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 faulty argument of well wait wait until the new year. Why wait until the new year? Right. <laughs> start it now. Start tomorrow. So the new less, day. <laughs> that's right. Less time standing with mouth open, more time on knees with mouth closed. And don't say you're too old. I think Moses was 80, so there's always time for all of us. And, you know, Christ's ministry was three years long. So you know what? And don't be surprised because, see, we underestimate what God can do in us, with us, and through us when we give him our yes. See, that's the deception of the enemy. You know, for me, I always want to be in that relationship with the Lord so that I'm filled up with the Lord, I'm used by him every day to be a blessing to be others, to be an instrument in the salvation of souls. It makes life a great adventure, a great adventure. You know, Dave, you use that term filled up. And I, as again, as Rob always says, we're on radio, not TV. But if, if you saw where we're sitting, <laughs> we all have cups in front of us. And I'm always reminded of that image um, presented to me at a retreat so many years ago of, you know, how we tend to in our spiritual life. We fill up and then we run, we empty out until we're dry. Then we got to we we go fill up again, as opposed to that, if the, the image of a cup where the, the pitcher just kept pouring into it until it overflows over the sides and it keeps overflowing and it keeps overflowing. And that's the spiritual model to be looking for, that if I turn to God every day, where I become that 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 fountain that is always, you know, is always overflowing. Um, but too many times, because of my own, you know, my own arrogance, oh, I'm filled with I'm filled with the Lord, and so I go off, and and guess what? That cup runs dry. The cup doesn't run over. It dry because I put I I take God out of it and think I can carry the load myself or do it my own way. Um, but our goal is to be constantly filled because we're constantly um, in community, um, you know, with Him, where the Lord is part of everything that we do each day, which keeps that cup overflowing. I had a pretty cool experience recently um, with my daughter, Hope. She's eight years old in second grade. She's going to be receiving her first penance this year and, uh, and first Holy Communion. We were uh, recently uh, at a mass in a house. And at the same time the mass was going on, in the back room uh, was a priest hearing confessions. And we got there and uh, someone came out and Hope kind of caught wind of what was going on. And she said, Dad, are you going to go? Are you going to go? And, you know, I had been to confession, I guess, three weeks prior. And I don't know, I just, I was in a, a, a mood right then and there that I just, you know, I didn't feel, I just didn't feel like going to confession. And, uh, Dad, come on, are you going to go? you going to go? She kept, you know, nudging me. And, uh, and finally I went. And the priest was absolutely amazing. You know, the Lord speaking through the priest. Uh, I come out, and then Hope comes to me and hugs me, and she says, uh, "Dad, I'm, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do in there when I go." I said, "What do you mean?" She goes, "I'm a little nervous." So here, if I didn't follow through with the Holy Spirit prompting me through Hope, 
we probably wouldn't have had that moment where she would have said that. So then right after going, I was able to put her on my lap and just say, just imagine the Blessed Mother holding your hand, walking with you, talking to you, telling you how much she loves you and saying, oh, guess what? I'm going to give you right now to Jesus. And he's in there and he loves you so much and he's full of mercy and love and he just wants you to just tell him, tell him anything that, that's on your heart, anything that, that you did, any sin that you committed. He just wants to take it and he just wants it, he wants it to be as far away from you as possible and he wants to forgive you and love you and hug you and kiss you, right? So we had that, that, that moment, right? So here, Jesus as a, a boy, he says the boy Jesus, right? The boy Jesus remained, the girl Hope, my little girl, um, nudge me, but then it created that time where we were able to connect on uh, on the beauty of that sacrament. So thank you, Lord. And it is a beautiful sacrament. Yesterday I went to confession, and it had been about seven weeks, which is really long for me, but I've been too busy, <laughs> which is never a good excuse. And so I went to confession and confessed my sins. I thought, oh, boy, I'm going to get you know hit for this and hit for that. And, and uh, Monsignor says, uh, David, what was your greatest sin? I said, oh, I think it was this, and I think it was that. He said, let me tell you what your greatest sin is. I said, what's that, Monsignor? Your greatest sin is ingratitude. You don't realize how much God the Father truly loves you and favors you, and you need to thank him at every moment, every day, for all he does for you. And I, and, and I was like, I never even saw that with number one. I didn't confess it, but number two, <laughs> I never saw it, but he's right. Because what he wants me to do, and he wants each of our listeners to do, is to realize we are God's favorite, precious sons, precious daughters, and he pours his love out on us every day, and we take him for granted, and we hurt his heart. But when we live in hearts of gratitude, we thank him. And we, we just, we invite dad along. We invite the father along. We ask the father questions. We, we counsel with him. That's what God wants with us every day, to be involved in every aspect of our life and to live a life of a grateful heart. So it really helped me wake up and I'm like, whoa. But the key was to receive the father's love, to acknowledge the father's love and how precious I am and favored I am to the Father. And for me, that's hard to do. And so that challenge again, thank you, Lord, for the gift of the confessional. And to each and every one of you, let's get clean. Let's get right. Let's light up the world. God bless. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100.
Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.